Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers... When? Close. Five days a week. Uh, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. Kill some windshield time. And let's learn about what happened against the Warriors. <laughs> Absolutely. So kicking things off, you know, the Clippers lost a tough one to the Warriors. Oof. Turnovers were a huge factor. But I do think there are some positive takeaways. So we will talk about what we liked from that one as well as, you know, what we didn't like. Sure. Uh, and then we're going to get into a game preview. Clippers are taking on the Pels. It's the second night of a back-to-back. Luckily, <sighs> it is at home. Home, so no travel involved but we're going to talk about what we need to do well to win that one as well as what could go wrong and then in segment three look every single monday it's the luke Kennard progress <laughs> report yeah. we got to check in with mr ohio basketball see what's good with him and then we also have terrence Mann's value over replacement player watch Kind of this a, was a different. This was kind of a disappointing game yes. uh, for terrence against the warriors so we'll talk about all that and more coming up Right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers lost 105 to 90 versus the Warriors. We got to give a quick shout out to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS done right, offers you any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Use promo code NBA and you'll get a hundred percent instant deposit match up to hundred bucks over at Prize Picks. You pick, you know, over under on points, over under on touchdowns. You can win some money. Like we said, Clippers lost 105-90 versus the Warriors. There's a lot to not like. Let's get into what we liked first, and I think this one won't surprise very many people. Look, this team's defense is for real. Oh uh, man, I, this I, this Warriors team is rolling coming into this game. They're the best team in the league right now. Yeah. We talked in the pregame about how defense was going to have to keep us in this one, and it fully did for the most part. It fully did, and like because of some issues that we'll talk about and what we didn't like, I mean, it even had to work overtime. You know, I've had my questions of this Clippers defense, like how for real it could be, how sustainable it could be. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was like fully on display uh, in this matchup against the Warriors. Such a dynamic team. Just so much that you have to do to keep this team from scoring. Yep. Uh, I mean, 105 points. I was going to say. Warriors in 2021. We'll take it. Every time we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Holding them under like, you know, 110. I I still think that we could have kept them to 100. Sure. But things kind of got out of control in that fourth. Yeah. Look, I really love the way that we used our physicality and size, especially in the first half. Like, our offensive rebounding was keeping us in this one early. It was able to cover up for some of the inefficiencies of the offense. Yeah. Which, you know, we talk about on this show, like, it's no coincidence that a lot of teams uh, that are really inefficient have to be better at offensive rebounding teams. Yes. And More that, opportunities for offensive rebounds. It's true. <laughs> and, and that just may be where, you know, like, where we're headed with this offense looking the way it is right now. Sure. It was just difficult. We couldn't really keep the lid on them in the second half. We did hold them to under 25 points in each of the first two quarters, but they scored 30 or more in each of the following two, which is difficult. Look, this is something that I'm not sure is being talked about enough, but Zoo looked really great in this one. His first quarters, these past like handful of games, have been so nice. I think he had four and six in the first quarter against... In this game? I think so, yeah. He had four offensive rebounds in that first frame, Jesus. Uh, which was huge. Like, look, we talked about the Clippers' best shot at winning this was going to be, you know, 
strong defensive game and <laughs> yeah. using our biggest advantage, which is like our, you know, our size and physicality. Yeah. And I thought Zoo did great with that. He finished with eight, eight and one with two steals. He was the only starter with a positive plus minus. And look, box score isn't everything, but I think that his impact on this game, uh, it backed that up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than Justice Winslow, he was the only player with a positive. Yeah. Justice minus. doesn't count though. He played yeah. less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> I w had my doubts about Zoo in this matchup. Uh, a lot of people, historically, his literally his worst matchup. Yeah, uh, but he, you know, he said that he studied a lot of film of the Warriors, especially after being played off the floor in that playoffs in the first round. And I, it's clear that that's paying off. Like he is a player yeah. who I think sometimes I get down on Zoo because his development maybe isn't quite where I want it to be. But he does continue to improve every year, uh, marginally. Yes. Uh, it's also a thing, too. I've talked about this with people on Clippers Twitter. Dude, if he was on a team that didn't have a, a Paul George and Kawhi and, like, the supporting cast that does, he's a double-double guy. If yes, he's on a team yeah, that doesn't sure. have this, he's for sure the center that I think for a lot sure. of us think and know he can be. Yeah, and if he's, like, a, more involved in the offense and everything. Which, like, but that's just not in the cards. Yeah, definitely. I got to be honest, like, this is a thing that I didn't like mixed with one that I did like. I, I'm not really sure why we moved away from him. Agreed. Uh, you know, like I said, he was clearly a factor really on both ends of the floor because he does kind of help some things offensively, even when he's not Can scoring. Pass out of the short roll, yeah. Look, I, we just can't really go small. We've talked about this on the show a number of times. Like, without Batum, I just don't feel like right now we have the personnel for this to be an effective option. We went forward. small with Morris in the fourth, and the Warriors peeled off a 5-0 run in, like, 20 seconds. Yeah. It just it just isn't there without Nick Batum. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And we had Kawhi really in, the, in these lineups, too, when these small ball yes. lineups were great. Like, it's... We're down significant personnel, and especially without Batum, like you miss so much of his defensive versatility uh, that I just think it's it's a bit of a fool's errand, and it's more of a fool's errand in my mind when we have three playable centers. We have three yeah, playable NBA centers, yeah. <laughs> which is a new thing for the Clippers, and I think like continuing to exploit some of those mismatches in the front court, I'm not saying it would have pull out the dub but i mean i i do think different that, looks i i do think that moving away from that was maybe a questionable decision agreed um and despite what we're going to get into in just a sec this game was closer than it should have been at some oh point. absolutely mostly because of the defense steph went off in the third after getting a technical foul but up to that point like this was kind of a rock fight and you know the law this was an ugly loss in the sense that we had 20 plus turnovers that's just an ugly thing every time yeah but this isn't i mean this is the best team in the league right now yes that we just played against and we lost um we hung with them for three quarters yes. of the game let's get into what we did like we just talked about it turnovers we had 24 turnovers total paul george did have 30 points on this one but it was a kind of a hollow 30 and he had eight turnovers himself yeah, at one point he had almost double the amount of turnovers as he had made field goals. So, yes. Uh, I mean, great. the Clippers defense kept him in this one, and the offense literally threw this one away. Mm -hmm. Quite, I can't mean that in any more of a literal sense. You're not beating the best team in the league at the time with 20 plus turnovers. We also shot poorly. Like, the things that needed to happen for the Clippers to win, which was good defense and good shooting, half of that was there. Yeah, and all well, the things for us to lose, which was the Warriors shooting above average, which they did, turning the ball over more than average, which we did, and it, those two things can't happen against this Warriors. Team. Well, it's kind of like what we talked about in the in the last segment. Like 
as good as the defense is right now, I do think that it's sustainable to be a top five defensive team. Let's get uh, from what we're seeing. The offense is as bad as it, it like as the numbers would indicate right now. Yes. And three look, guys in double digits. Paul George had 30. Mook and Bled each had 13. Bledsoe's something we actually didn't talk about. 13 and 10. Good game from Bledsoe. That opening possession, too? Yes. Oh, man. Great game from Bledsoe, but only three guys in double digits. Like we said, PG's 30 was a little... Uh, um, let's let's get into it. So we need to talk <laughs> about like why this offense is so poor. Like We've talked about the stagnation yeah. of the movement, which is very real. Part of that is guys not hitting shots, but I think guys would be hitting shots if they were getting more touches at the ball. The issue right now is like the pick and roll offense. Yeah, uh, shine a light on it. We're not getting enough movement off of, or or efficiency off of any of these actions. Ty Lue talked about this in the post game presser. He said ninety five percent of the NBA is pick and roll. We have to be better and more efficient. I couldn't agree more. Paul George currently is sixth in the NBA in the amount of pick and roll possessions as the primary ball ball handler per That's game. Crazy. He's he is the primary ball handler in these pick and roll actions around 10 possessions per game. Okay. Uh, however, he's below average in efficiency. <laughs> okay, he's he's in the good. 45th percentile in efficiency. The Clippers uh, with Paul George as this primary ball handler in pick and roll actions are averaging just 0.79 points per possession, which, I, I mean, this isn't even top 30 in the league based on ball handlers who average five or more pick and rolls a game. So that's like... It, yeah. I mean, it's just like a pretty glaring. <laughs> it's fall. And, and you even have Ty Lue saying, like, look, this is like what offense is in the NBA, and we're not doing it well. Yeah. Uh, Paul George's turnover frequency is about 18.3%. Okay. Some plus sides, though, he has been getting to the line. Uh, he is top 10 in shooting foul frequency uh, and, and one frequency. So that's good. But yeah. like, Again, this just ups his usage, and it's so hard for him to continue to do. And I know that fatigue has to be contributing to some of these turnovers. It's Absolutely. We it's weird, man. Like, he's running more pick and roll as the primary ball handler than some elite guards in this league. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It, <laughs> but it begs the question, like, right now, where the Clippers are at, if he is not up for the challenge, where can this offense pivot? Because there's not yeah. really a whole lot of room. Yeah. I mean, ideally, and it's this conundrum of it go, this goes back to the Reggie and Bled conundrum, too. Yeah. I think you got to remove, uh, you gotta have you gotta remove a ball roll. handler from the starters. Yes, for sure. People are clamoring for, for Terrence Mann or something like that. Just to. Terrence Mann is not ready, which we will talk which about we later. We will talk about later. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and this goes in our scoring drafts. We opened the second half by putting up two points in a four minute stretch. Yeah. Versus the Warriors. That's Which is something happen. we talk about every game these three and four minute droughts where there's no scoring or yep. we maybe get to the line. We had the worst Reggie Jackson game. He had no points. Yeah. Uh, in this one, Canard went one of five from three. It's if the pick and roll isn't there, it hurts a lot of our other offense. Definitely. And some of the Reggie stuff, uh, Ty Lue was altering some of the rotations with the starters in this game from yeah. something that we haven't seen in a while. So Reggie was the first sub out. Normally it's Bledsoe. They had Kennard come in. And I, you know, we've talked about Bledge, uh, Reggie is actually a guy who needs the ball in his hands a Co lot more yes. to feel comfortable and in rhythm with the ball. Uh, which is always going to be difficult on this team, man, especially when Paul George is like this primary pick and roll ball handler. Like it's yeah. it's going to be difficult. Um, I, I just think we're seeing the same things again and again in these losses. And it's a lot of lateral ball movement without advancing 
the ball at all uh, and just terrible shot selection. And I just think that it's making this team have to work a lot harder on offense than it should. The elbow it's, jumpers on this game were infuriating. We're going to talk about that in the preview with the Pelicans, too, because that's another terrible trend that we've been falling that, that we've been falling into. Yeah. All right. Well, Clips lost to the Warriors. Best team in the league. You know, it, it sucks, but it's going to happen. Hopefully they can turn around against the Pels, who are not the best team in the league. Going to take a look at that game, but first we got to give another shout out to Prize Picks. Uh, it is the best NBA and NFL DFS prop game on the market. Offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns. All of you can get a hundred dollars instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Uh, just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers, which is great. You can do mixed sport entries. Uh, you know, take the over on LeBron combined points, take the under on Mahomes interceptions. Who knows? Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code NBA. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And where could you watch these sports that you're betting on? All right, so you should check out DirecTV Stream. Look, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Sick. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. What? So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Don't forget, compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Clippers versus Pels preview. Second night of a back-to-back. -back. This honestly, to me, feels like a grudge match because we lost last time we played the Pels. We put up 81 points, which I think made everyone a little sick. Yeah, which we, and that's like a mere 10 days, I think, from the last time that we played them. Yes. Absolutely. Um, what would you do well in this one? I'm just going to start it off. Let's take care of the ball. Yeah. We we actually did a good job of this last time we played them. We only turned the ball over 11 times. And we also moved the ball. I mean, we had 22 yes. assists, which is just under what our season average is and, and more than we've seen kind of in the last slew of games, if this, I'm not mistaken. Yes. And this is a defense that is exploitable in that sense. Um, they yeah. are... You know, they're rocking the 27th ranked defensive rating, which is not good. Um, I'm just, we don't really know what to expect from this offense other than turnovers for the most part. And so I'm hoping we don't make anything easier for the Pels in that sense. Like, I hope the shot selection is there. I just, just don't turn the ball over 20 plus times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you talked about the shot selection, which is dead on. We got to be taking less of these elbow jumpers. It's not an effective strategy. It didn't work for us for the last time that we played the Pelicans, nor did it really work for us, the Warriors. So there's got to be ways to, to get this offense to be more efficient. Yeah. Like we've talked about the stagnation of the ball movement. I hope that we don't have to keep addressing this every single game. Like <laughs> something has to give like this defense. I, it's like we talk about on this show all the time. It doesn't matter how good your defense is at a certain point because you can't stop them every time because teams are so good at scoring like it. You know, they can negate some of that uh, even with a great defense. And the talent pool is so deep now, too, that it's like. You're running up. I mean, last time we played the Pels, fucking Jonas Valanciunas had a career high in three points. It was five made. of nine. From so three. it's like these things can happen where you just get 
got sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, we're currently bottom 10 in the league in assists per game. It just has that to change. Out. It's just completely untenable. <laughs> Not surprised by that. You look at the makeup, though, of this team, and, like, they have the shooting to score. This this is theoretically a team on paper uh, that can score by committee. Yeah. And, you know, we just haven't gotten the ball to our shooters in good position. Uh, it's it's a little frustrating right now. Um, speaking of shooting, in terms of what could go wrong, will the Pels shoot 43% again, and will the Clips not crack 25? Because that was the case last time. Anything is possible. I don't think they'll <laughs> shoot 45% again. I'm less... <laughs> I'm less hopeful on the on the Clippers. They'll they'll crack twenty five. We'll but. crack twenty five percent. So last time out, um, it, it just wasn't good. PG three for fourteen. Yeah. Uh, which hey, we love the attempts. Luke Kennard two for eight. We're going to talk about. He's been in kind of a slump lately. Um, I don't think Jonas Valanciunas goes five for nine again. Um, this is just a good opponent to get this bounce back from. Yeah. Like I, we got. Moving the ball, I'm I'm so worried about just because, like I said, no one we don't have an offensive identity. It's very clear too, like when there isn't a plan or people aren't on the same page, and we just keep seeing that again and again. And I just like 20 games in, I I just don't know how it's not like how it's not getting any better. Yes, for sure. Um, what else is something that could go wrong in this game? So offensive rebounding. I mean, sure. look, rebounding, we had a really tough time overall against the Pelicans. I think they out-rebounded rebounded us by like 12-plus boards. Three guys in double digits for rebounds. Brandon Ingram had 12. Jonas had 13. Josh Hart had 10. All those guys had a double-double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we lost second-chance points 15-2 to two in this last outing with Jesus. the Pelicans. That's how you lose to quote-unquote lesser teams right oh absolutely there. absolutely and i really liked what like i said what we were able to do against the the warriors uh we won offensive boards against them 15 to 11 and we also won second chance points against the warriors so like you know this is a different team the pelicans you know have a lot more length and size but i think we really got to be physical early and throughout to to get this win we also beat them in points in the paint so like Look, I, I talked about it last time. Like we have three capable NBA centers. We got to use sort of these some of these front court mismatches, and it shouldn't be like the fulcrum of the offense or anything like of that. Of course not. But yeah. like it is a tool that you Something can to lean on. Lean on. Yeah, which is what we've been doing with Zoo in these first quarters. Yes, absolutely. Where it's like it's not a coincidence that as things are a little stagnant on offense, the first quarter is being helped by dumping it down to the big guy down low, and having him do his thing. Um, and that is one thing that has evolved about this offense is like they have found better chemistry with Zoo. Almost everyone on this roster from where it started at the beginning of the season, for sure. But like, Good if call. he's only going to play twenty minutes in like a big in a you know a big matchup against a possible playoff opponent, yeah, that's not enough. Yeah, agreed. Um, key matchup in this one: Reggie Jackson versus the bounce back. Oh, love it! And man. I mean that in the sense of bounce back from the game against the Warriors, where he put up zero points, and a bounce back from the last time we played the Pelicans, in which he put up four points. Reggie Jackson was zero of three from three. Um, he was two of eleven overall. Not a good game. He had four turnovers, most on the team. Um, last time we played the Pelicans. I don't think Reggie's in a funk. I don't think there's he's not hobbled by anything like that. I think it's just the a, Reggie roller coaster has seen a lot of down though lately. Yes, uh, perhaps maintenance being done on the Reggie <laughs> roller coaster. But I, I want to see him get the bounce back. 
And I think the whole team was looking to just take care of the ball. They can't be happy about what happened against the Warriors. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Like that's going to be there. And this is something I was saving for maybe later, but is Surge versus Hartenstein minutes a, a real discussion we should be having? So I right don't know. now, as of 5.13 p.m. on November 28th, Hartenstein's playing better than Surge. Yeah. I mean, but that's already being reflected in their minutes. So sure. I I don't know. I you still got to ramp surge back up. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Which, yeah. Which makes sense. Look, but we've still seen like glimpses of him being the rim protector that we know he can be. Yeah. Uh, I hope that he can get back up to 100 percent health and be good for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game yeah. of really productive play. Uh, he's still clearly not quite there yet, but he is moving better. As far as he's like passing the eye test, as far as like one of these guys versus the others, I I mean, I don't know, man. That Isaiah Hart Tech uh, was definitely a Dude. factor in Jordan Poole going off for like nine nine points that's to a, close the quarter against the Clippers. Yeah. And I, I mean, Hart, loved the Tech at the time because it was a sick block. Oh, it was great. No, it was a great block. Yeah, no questions asked. Uh, but it definitely did get that team a little bit fired up. Look, Hart and Serge are just such different players, so I think it, it has to be matchup dependent. Um, and we've seen them play together. <laughs> yeah, which was never going to happen in this Warriors game. Oh, absolutely. doesn't make no, any no, no, damn no. sense. No. It's hard enough to keep one big on the floor yeah. against uh, against this team, For sure. let alone two. So, you know, I, I don't know. I would say... I would actually still say it's a bit of a toss-up for me, depending on the matchup, as to like yeah. who is the more effective piece. I think that Hart does a lot of things to me that are interesting, and he helps things that are an issue for this team, such as like the stagnation on offense. Yeah. Um, but Serge is the better defender, uh, sure. and even hobbled, he I think he's shown that he's the better defender. Uh, one word prediction: Clippers win. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Mine is a have to. One word: H A V E. No space. T O. Um, coming up. We are going to be talking the Luke Kennard progress report and then having kind of a frank discussion about Terrence Mann. But first, Will, Built Bars. What? All right, so you hear us talk about Built Bars all the time. Yep. Not only is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar on the market, did you also know that it has so many delicious flavors? There's truly something for everyone. It's cool. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. You know what my favorite flavor is? What? Probably Cherry Barcia. Oh, fun. A little funky, a little different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can actually get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine Built Bar flavors. Look, I keep going on about the flavors, but not only are these bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so you know you can trust them. That's fat, good protein. Those athletes protein. need protein. Oh, yeah. Uh, and right now, uh, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Now that we're full, how can we fill up our bank account? Maybe with some Online bets. Online betting? You should go to betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You need to get those bets on all the Clippers. Maybe take the unders uh, on the old points totals for these Clippers games. This defense has been stifling. Um, you know, the Dolphins still 10-7, and 7, still in play. So I hope those over bets on the Dolphins, which are doing good. Um, before the next tip-off, head over to BetOnline. They have you covered with the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. 
uh, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. You might be able to bet on uh, where some certain MLB players are going as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the middle of the season. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back, and every single Monday we talk about some of the other guys on the roster. We bring you the Luke Kennard Progress Report. Oh, yeah. As well as Terrence Mann's Value Over Replacement Player Watch. Originally, we were going to put Winslow on here, but it's very clear that that is a, a hill. He's not. under it. It's a, it's a hill we do not care to die on. So <laughs> no, not at that's all. That's why he's been wiped from Vorp Watch. Anyways, yes. uh, lead us off. What's what's Luke Kennard's progress report looking like? Is it A's? So over the season, yes, we got to give Luke Kennard an A on this for sure. But in the three games since the last Luke Kennard progress report, kind of rough. Twenty-seven um, percent on six three-pointers a game, um, which is kind of tough. Luke's here to do one thing in that shoot and play pesky defense, which I yeah. have loved to see, which we're going to talk about soon. Um, but is his poor shooting right now a product of just the offense overall being bad? His usage has also felt kind of weird um, from Ty Lue. Like Reggie got into foul trouble in the game against the Warriors and then Lou subbed out Luke Kennard. And it was like, what do we maybe keep Luke on there? Take the foul trouble guy off. Where are we at? Is this just a tough week? I think just a tough week. I mean, the team is clearly very fatigued. They got a couple days off over the holiday. Um, but, yeah, difficult. Difficult time for him and the team as a whole. I think that, you know, this team is still searching for an identity offensively. And until they figure out that out, I don't really know how they can solve the Luke Kennard conundrum. Uh, right. It's very clear. Which isn't on Luke Kennard. No, not at all. It's yeah. very clear like what he's good at and where he excels. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shooting. And, and I don't think that we've gotten him enough of that with the starters. And on the flip side, like I don't also like I think that we could be seeing more Luke Kennard initiating the offense with the second unit. It just gets really tricky. Why do they shy away from that so much? He has the ability to do that. It's just tricky because you have one of the starting guards with the bench really at all times. Yeah. Um, and in the Warriors game, we saw kind of for the first time in a while extended minutes without Reggie or Bled on yeah. the court, which was interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. It, it's difficult. Look, I, I wasn't sure how he would react to defenses kind of keying in on him more. Um, there hasn't really been that significant of a change in his in his numbers of of open shots. Uh, and wide open shots. So according to stats.nba, around 48% of Luke Kennard's shots are deemed open, which is when the closest defender is within three to six feet. Yep. He's shooting 31% on those attempts from three, uh, which good. Most, of the, you know, most of those field goal attempts are all from three. Uh, so another 28% of his total field goal attempts are attempted wide open, which is when a defender is you know more than six feet True. away. Yeah. He is hitting those at a 56% clip. Love that. Which is good. It's going to be difficult to get him you know those sort of wide, wide open looks. Uh, but you know we, we got to improve the, the ball movement to try. I just can't tell if the added defensive attention is is too much for Kennard. It's it's interesting. So he is seeing a fewer percentage of open sh- of wide open shots, but he's seeing more like open shots actually huh. um, than he was last season. Less gravity on the court when he's around. Like I yeah, think, I think that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And you know, no Kawhi is definitely like a factor if if he's 
I mean, he didn't really get a whole lot of run with the starters last year, but yeah, you know, you, know, you never For know. Sure. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I think that I'm I'm hoping that this is just sort of a bad week. I think it's just a um, blip. Yeah, the, Thanksgiving. The, it's weird. The the numbers on on open attempts being like thirty one percent. It's got to be better than that. Sure. Uh, but it is balancing out with some of those wide open looks. I just think as we continue, it's going to be harder and harder to get him those those kind of looks, especially when there's not a lot of off ball movement and things are really stagnant and really predictable. I think offensively for the Clippers right now. A hundred percent. And on the flip side, the defense has been pretty good. Yeah. Oh, Luke, Luke yes. Kennard. I don't think we can 100%. say enough about Luke no. Kennard's defensive jump this year. Also, bit of a bonus watch here. Lucas Hahn uh, was posting this on Twitter. Luke Kennard gets a $334,000 bonus each year that the team maintains a defensive rating under 105 with him on the floor. Currently, it's at 95 with him on the floor. So he's got he's, he's probably going to get that bonus. Lucky um, for him, they went with uh, offensive rating instead of net. Because... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or no, this is defensive rating. Or defensive rating, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah instead sorry. of net, for sure. Um, so shout out to him on that end. But you know, he had a deflection in the game against the Warriors. Like, he's been able, it's been nice because when he, you know, when he has a week like this where you know, it's 27% or whatever, you're not lamenting the fact that he's out there at all because he's still contributing defensively. Definitely. I mean, like... I just can't say enough positive about a player who takes one of their biggest shortcomings and tries to improve it to, you know, I mean, like, look, his, because of his wingspan and everything, his pinnacle is still probably like a net, net, like a net neutral yeah. Uh, defender. Yeah. But that's still a massive improvement over what it was. Like if target Luke can't just become guaranteed points, yeah. you know, th like that improves his value on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else on Luke Kennard? I just think, and I said this on another episode, like the team as a whole, seeing this effort that he's put in, especially on the defensive end, there's got to be a greater effort into getting him more touches and getting him more looks. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, we're moving on to Terrence Mann VORP watch. For those of you that don't know, VORP is a stat that uh, is made to compile the value over a replacement player. It accrues as the season goes on. You want a higher number versus a lower number. Not an ideal stat. This is not an end-all, be-all stat, but it's a way that we can kind of chart some of the progress when we're discussing Terrence Mann. Um, we all know Terrence Mann, in our heart of hearts, above a value, you know, above a replacement player. Yeah. Last week, he had 0.1 VORP. This week, he's at 0.0. .0. So he's gone down uh, a bit. You know, I... And this is something I've kind of talked about with people in like Media Row and whatnot of these past couple games. Is it time to start talking about how this season so far has been a bit of a letdown from Terrence Mann? He yeah. hasn't been like bad. I'm not saying that, but there were some people who thought he was going to win most improved player. We tried our best to to disparage those ideas. To, yeah, to, that just wasn't going to happen. To tamper some of those expectations. There were people who thought he was going to be our second leading scorer. Um, Again, I, I that just felt kind of big. But even so, there's been a lack of aggression. There's been with the ball in his hands, like he's averaging 10, 5, and 2. Last season he averaged 7, 3, and 1 and 9 fewer minutes per game. So obviously all those numbers are going up. But how are you feeling about Terrence Mann so far? I mean, I, I gotta agree. I, I think that um I worried coming into the season if his development would would take a bit of a, a backseat, especially with the loss of Atkinson Oof. over uh, over the summer. Kenny Atkinson. But 
in a year, in a year without Kawhi, yes, um, and Batum for and, and well, and yeah. you know, and without one of Batum or Morris for the yeah. majority of the games, um, I thought that this was like an opportunity for him to to kind of take a jump. And you know, we're, we're still only twenty games in, so it, it's not over yet. Um, but I would say like looking at these numbers and everything isn't box score because I do feel like he does, he has gotten better at finding ways to impact the game when it isn't 100%. happening for yeah. him offensively. He's not getting, he, you know, there's a reason he gets these Trez stretches because when he's chaotic, good, we need it so much. Definitely. And he has improved his fouling, which will always allow him to be on the floor more, which is really yeah. good. So, you know, like I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say a disappointment. I, I do think he has underwhelmed, I guess, some of what my expectations underwhelmed are. Underwhelmed is a much better word. Or, or hopes. Because um, he is still developing. And, you know, the intangibles outside of the box score definitely are a thing with Terrence uh, and how he can be effective. But, yeah, I, I guess I thought he was someone that we would be able to lean on a little bit more. And that kind of hasn't been the case so far. Um, but he is definitely a part of this team you know, having a strong defense at times. 100%. Uh, He's switchable, like, absolutely. Um, yeah. The thing for me is, like, once he starts hitting near the basket, all these numbers look better. Last season, he shot 70% on shots, zero to three feet from the basket. He's at 57% Yeah, this and year, which is, I mean, that's not good. Um, I thought, yeah. like, some of his greenness as a scorer, like, around the basket has been, like, fully on display, especially against the Warriors. He just kind of doesn't have yet, and, th- and you see this with a lot of young players and, and rookie guys. He just doesn't really have enough moves in his bag to like not be predictable around the rim. Yeah, you know, he has like one pump fake and yep. then and then go up, um, which is something that he'll just have to improve with time and in game. Uh, but it, you know, like I talked about with Luke Kennard in the last segment, he's someone who's definitely going to be keyed in on defenses more than he was last season. Sure, one hundred percent. And he he is shooting thirty seven percent on three threes a game. Which is great. Yes, like definitely. That's kind of where his three should be. It's where the percentage should be. Um, that's nearly one a game. Not bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay with Terrence. Just, you know, it's it's tough for a young player in the NBA-wise to have this start to a season with everyone being out and stuff like that. Definitely. And I think we've seen him grow a little bit as a passer, which I, you know, is something yes. I'd like to see him improve on. 100%. Anything else right now? Before we cap off this episode? No, no, I don't think so. I think this one ran a little long. We better get out of here. We better. Let's go Clips. Tuesday's episode, Clips versus Pels recap. Twitter Tuesday, so send your questions into at Clips. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will. If someone were to ask you, you know, where they could listen to this podcast, if they've heard people at hipster coffee shops talking about it, they've overheard it, where would you tell them they could listen to it? So you can check out Locked on Clippers on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitch. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. Uh, you can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. Yep. We mentioned up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. Make us your first listen. And I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am and will continue to be William the Opinion Updike. As always, we appreciate you.